A conversation can change the way you think, how you feel, or even what you believe. So no matter what the conversation's about, it's not for nothing. Hello, and welcome to the very first episode of Not For Nothing of 2022, and we have hit the ground running. There is news, entertainment, and this is the show where I bring you all the conversations I'm having on a daily basis, so it's only fitting that on this episode, I have not one, but two people. We've got, of course, Ethan. No one's surprised. Happy New Year, guys. And we are here again with Joseph Tatesian. Hey, everyone. Happy New Year. He is a Disney fanatic. He is a television enthusiast. He is a pop culture maven. (laughs) Thank you. Well, here we are, 2022. How's everything so far? We're 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 recording on day four. It'll come out on day seven. Oh, yeah. It's day four already. So, oh, there we are. A little behind-the-scenes clue for everybody. Oh, they! I, I mean, if you don't know that a podcast is not live, then <laughs> that's true. Get out from the rock. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think so far things have been uh, interesting for people. Let's just we'll put it that way. I mean, has it? I, I feel like it's been okay. Like I've only had good things happen in 2022 so far. Well, I kind of feel like you know we went into 2020 still with no idea what was to come. And then 2021, everybody was like, it's going to be better this year. This is going to be our year. We're going to get a hold of this. And then this year, people have been like, are we, is it, can we go in? Are we okay, guys? That's in the Canary in first, you know? (laughs) Well, I I told Ethan today, I said, you know that today's the fourth year of COVID. And he was like, what do you mean? And I said, COVID came about in late 2019 in China. That's very true. And I said, we're entering the fourth year of COVID. Already, and I'm like, that's a lot. That's crazy. <laughs> that's a whole lot. So, but how have you? How's your New Year's been so far? Uh, January. It's been very quiet so far. Today was my first day back at work, meaning I put my laptop and sat on the couch. Yeah, because um, because of COVID, because you of are COVID, working from home. I haven't seen my office since March of 2020. You haven't even laid eyes on it. No, we're not allowed to go back. No, just wow. for safety reasons. That's insane. I know we were supposed to go back, you know, in January, kind of slowly this month. Yeah, mm. but now that's kind of on a possible pause, depending on what's going on with right. this variant stuff. Well, hopefully one day, because you like your office work. I do. You like the office. You like the office community, the conversations, and you work in creative. So. I'm a social person. You're a very social person, but your work is very creative. So mm-hmm. you know, it's it's a communal. It, like you're, you can't do creativity without having conversations with other people. Yeah, we're not just sitting there ways. crunching numbers. I, well, that's my personal in belief. Cubes. I think because some people love to go up to a write a cabin and write or paint or whatever, but I, I think you can't. You have to have that communal feel. At least, maybe not talk about your work, but you have to talk to people to know what to write about or what to paint about or whatever. You, it's it's fueled by people. It's true. So. You love it, but I do. But it's been nice. I mean, you know, Rose Parade was back this mm-hmm. year, which was wonderful right. for us. Well, I, f- I was gonna say for us here in Southern California, but pretty much everyone around the world because it's yeah. a tradition. Well, we met people on our travels, which we can get into a little bit because we. I'd love to talk about that a little bit. Oh Lord! But we we came back from Alabama <laughs> on Christmas, and we. I'm jumping ahead. We got stuck in Albuquerque, 
and there were people there also trying to go to L.A. because they were going to go to the Rose Bowl and the Rose mm-hmm. Parade. So there you go. People were, you know, yeah, doing it. But did you make any New Year's resolutions? Um, it's kind of the same thing as every year, you know. Which is just you know, do better, be better. Do better, be better, be happy. Live your life, right? Yeah, I don't want to say be happy for me. I'm, I mean, knock on wood, I'm pretty, pretty happy. happy. You're a pretty happy. I lo- that's what I actually love about you most is you're not one of those people <laughs> who complains. No, like you really don't complain, and I, I'm trying to not complain, and I don't think I complain too much. Wouldn't you say? <laughs> I mean, it could be improved. <laughs> How so? I don't know. I mean, I just well, there was a moment this morning where we were making plans to do something. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't. Yeah, I will say it's not so much that you come. Okay, here's the thing. I honestly don't think you complain like whine at all. Mm -hmm. Not at all. No, never. What is happening with you? And it's, it's a new kind of thing is you're very aware of when other people are asking you to like bend a little. It kind of rubs you the wrong way right now for some reason. Sometimes, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I, yeah, I'm in a space for sure. Like, I'm in a space where I'm like, this is annoying me. Mm-hmm. So, stop that. But, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm pretty good at taking myself out. I don't sit in spaces and then complain about it. Yeah, you're not a whiner at all. I don't do that. I hate that. I'm like, if you don't like it, move. Move around. Figure it out. Um, but yeah, I uh, we'll, we'll go into that story a little bit. Um, the story of getting home. I just want to, mm-hmm. for the listeners, because you both, you lived it, you've heard it. Mm-hmm. But we were supposed to fly back from Christmas on the 29th and an airline. I mean, I'll say it. I mean, it's not their fault. Delta. I flew, we were flying Delta. It was not their fault. It's just COVID and everything coming down the pike. Bad weather. Bad, bad weather. weather. We had everything. It was it was weird, and it's not Delta's we fault. We literally so. had every possible thing that could happen to <laughs> and your I don't, flight happen. Right, and I, well, I, I feel no need to be vague about something that I don't need to be vague about. I'm like, Delta, we were flying Delta. Yeah. Delta's my favorite to fly with because it's the most comfortable. The The people working there are the most responsible. The, the airline flight attendants are the most on top of their game. Um, so I love Delta, and this time it just did not work out. So there you go. But we were, they canceled our flight because of, I guess, COVID situations. Like they didn't have a team. Mm -hmm. So we had to fly the next day. So we flew to, we went to the airport the next day and the flight got delayed because of rain. So we flew in from Birmingham to Atlanta. Like a thunderstorm. Well, yeah, it was lightning. lightning They said you can't, people can't load the luggage in lightning and you can't walk down a metal tunnel to get to the plane (laughs) in a lightning storm. So I was like, well, that. I appreciate the the safety, but that put us into Atlanta to connect to go to LA about 45 minutes too late. And so we watched our plane take off. Well, and they did the thing, you know, it's happened to everybody who has flown frequently at this point that your flight gets delayed and you have a connecting flight elsewhere. And so you ask the flight attendants or the people at the desk like, oh, is this going to affect my flight? And they always say... No, mm. you'll be fine. They're delayed too. They know we're coming. It's not a big deal. You'll be fine. Lies. They mm-hmm. lie. <laughs> that was lies. Or it, that was untruths. I don't know if it was intentional or... They were alternative facts. <laughs> alternative facts. But we want, we got there. And to Delta's credit, they rebooked us quickly on a flight. We didn't have to do anything. We didn't have to manage anything. Delta changed our reservations from... Atlanta to LA to Atlanta to Albuquerque and then from Albuquerque to LA. And I'm like, okay, that, that works for me. 
We get to Albuquerque, and I've never in my life seen a more deserted airport. Yeah, it was. I odd. was like, was this is a very pretty ghost town. So we were. We got our Panda Express, which was the only restaurant open in the terminal. Mm. We got that. Sat and sitting at the gate, and we're watching, watching, and it says. Flight to L.A. on time, on time, on time, canceled. Like it, before our eyes changed it from just on time to canceled. To cancel. Oh, how awful. Um, now, let me interject here. <laughs> I have a short temper. Yes, I was do. born that way. Over the past couple of years, I've worked on it a lot. I've gotten a lot, a lot, a lot better. Mm-hmm. All day, I was doing perfectly. Yeah. All of these cancellations, even like, you know, up to the day before when our first flight got canceled. And then all the delays, the missed flights going to albuquerque unexpectedly everything i was like water off a a duck's back i was like it's fine we've got more time now we've got more time to eat we've got more time to settle down we will you know we'll get into la because originally i was going to have to like get into la go to bed get up yeah on on the 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 original day of flying we were going to leave at 5 50 something p.m get into la at 11 something p.m he was going to have to come back and go straight to work. But then they delayed us a day. So then we're going to fly out at 630 in the morning, be in L.A. by noon and have the rest of the day to relax. Right. That was beautiful. And then we're in Albuquerque. They cancel our flight. Do I you, lost. Do you mind. want me to tell the full story of everything you said? No. <laughs> OK. Most of it. OK. So <laughs> I I've been trying to help. Like, I know that I don't allow. This is my one flaw. I mean, one flaw. This is one of my flaws. <laughs> <laughs> this is my one this flaw. is the one flaw with me otherwise i'm perfect <laughs> one of my flaws is i'm very level-headed at all times and so i try to help others be that way at all times and that's not appropriate because it's like people have to feel the way they feel and so i it does bother ethan sometimes when i'm like you need to calm down stop da, 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 just let's just think about it he's like you i need to freak out a little sometimes when the cancellation of flight, when the flight to L.A. from Albuquerque got canceled, I was, I was determined to just, I was like, whatever Ethan does, whatever Ethan says. It's I'm pretty business. sure you literally turned to me and asked, are you going to freak out? And I said, yep. And you said, okay. <laughs> I said, are you going to freak out? And he's like, yes, I am. And I'm like, I'm going to finish my panda. No, so, I actually, I think what happened was you said, are you going to freak out? And I said, yep. And you said, do you want me to come with you? <laughs> oh, so you, no. you, you walked away. Yeah. Yeah, he went somewhere. And I was like, he, I'm going to go find somebody. And then he came back. And I won't say what he said, because you don't want me to say what you said, mm-hmm. right? Well, he said something. Like, it's like, I'll let you do whatever you want, but don't... Like, it's like the Garden of Eden. Do whatever you want in this garden, but don't eat the apple. Mm-hmm. He ate the apple. Mm-hmm. He said something that... I'll just say this. He, in his anger, saw Red, said something that would have gotten him arrested by the FBI if... If the proper people heard it. And I'm like, you cannot say that. Freak out whatever you want. Break furniture if you want to. I don't care. But don't say something that the the air marshals are going <laughs> to attack you for. I did do something that I have never done before, which is like screamed, just noise. Oh, he screamed in public. He just noise. Screaming. I didn't make it, I, not, not words. Yeah. I just went, just, ah! just like. <laughs> In the airport, just as la- and I was like, and nobody, like everybody was like, yeah, nobody, nobody reacted. Everybody that was on that flight was like, me too, because nobody on that Albuquerque flight was actually flying from Albuquerque. They no. were from yeah. somewhere else on the planet today and got rerouted there, and then they got canceled again. So it was a mess. So we go to the, the guy comes walking. These poor people. Ethan finally found somebody. There was nobody in the airport. 
to help us. I'm like, we're stuck. We're just stuck here. That was that's that's to me the funniest part. Now that it's all over, is that you were on the phone with our poor friends, telling them very gently. So uh, we're gonna need you to take care of our cats again. I was like, instead of pick us up at the airport, can you just feed the cats again and be done with it? And I'm in the background going, "There's nobody here. There's nobody here." Well, and then he goes, Flo, Flo, friend of the show, who's feeding the cats, Michelle and Flo. Heard him say something. I said, Flo, I got to let you go. I'll call you later. (laughs) And he's like, I knew something was happening. Well, then it's so funny because I go to walk towards Ethan. He and this other lady and this other lady were walking with this guy in a red shirt or red vest, jacket or whatever to the official guy who's Mm -hmm. coming to take care of things. He, um, he was like, everybody's like asking him questions. He goes, wait till we get to the desk. And I was like, okay. And I lost it a little bit because then he picks up the, uh, the sounds, the speaker thing to talk over the loudspeaker. And that's the always public address. System. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's always muddled a wah, little bit. Wah, 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 yeah. wah, wah, and, I, and finally I go, we're all just standing right here. There's no one else in the airport. Why don't you just put the microphone down and tell us what you need to tell us? <laughs> and everybody's like, Calm down. Everybody, like, everybody kept having to calm each other down. Like, we don't even know each other. And we're like, shut up, shut up. Just let him talk. And finally, they started rerouting things, whatever. They told us immediately. They said, they looked at our tickets. Delta has rerouted us from Albuquerque to L.A. to Denver to L.A. On a United flight. On a United flight. And then they're like, yeah, you're going to be on a United flight to L.A. tomorrow. The next day. Tomorrow at 7 a.m. At 7 a.m. And we're like, how are we going to get to Albuquerque? From Albuquerque to Denver? And they're like, figure it out. I forgot (laughs) about this, but I remembered it thinking back on it and telling the story for the 10th time to somebody. Yeah. Um, The guy was showing me that information. Like, look, it rerouted you from Denver to L.A. on United tomorrow morning. And I said, okay, how are we supposed to get to to Denver? Mm -hmm. And he went, oh. And I was like, yeah. How did did that slip your mind? So anyway, we're going through, and I start immediately. I'm like, I want to get home. I'm done. It's already been over 24 hours. I want to get home. So I start looking at train tickets and bus tickets. Mm -hmm. And the the train would get us the next day around noon. The bus would get us home. This was the 30th. It would have gotten us home on the 1st. Good if we'd have taken the bus. And then finally I was like, let's see what it would be to rent a car. So we looked and renting a car was the cheapest option. Shockingly cheap. And we were going around. We were like trying, we went from gate to gate trying to see if anybody else yeah. had flights to LA tonight. Nobody had anything. And everybody was like, they didn't book you another flight. Yeah, they have no, and we even went, and to, we the United, like, no. we went to the United flight and we're like, we're, we have a United flight from Denver to LA tomorrow. Can do, is there anything? He's like, I don't know what this means. I don't know what you're talking about. We were like, oh my God. And so finally Ethan goes, so what do you think we should do? He's like, what's the best option? I was like, there is no good option. We're stuck. And so we, I was, I said, what are your goals? What are we, what's our goal here? And he goes, I want to get home as soon as possible. And I said, then let's just leave the terminal and go rent a car and go home tonight because mm-hmm. it's 11 hour drive from Albuquerque to LA. I'll drink coffee. We'll swap up. We'll take naps and we'll get there tomorrow morning. And that's what we did, but we had to get it. What's miraculous is we were on a, a Birmingham to Atlanta flight, Atlanta to Los Angeles. Our luggage left Birmingham. We were supposed to be on the Atlanta flight. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, I'll bet our luggage is gone. I was like, but miraculously, our luggage was in Albuquerque. And that was another thing. And I was the, like, how? That the, like, the, the, the people at the gate were surprised by. And they were like, 
oh, your luggage is here. And I was like, <laughs> thank God. So then we, st- we it took us an hour to get our luggage back because wow. it was not on the turnstile. It was at their like luggage office. And by the way, when they were telling us that everything got canceled the, like at the gate, the guy was like, if you want to stick around and wait for the next available Delta flight, we don't have anything until the first. Yeah, the first of January. And this, and is, and this is the 30th. Yeah. Good Lord. And then by the time we got up to the front to get our bags, that information that had changed to the third. Mm-hmm. We couldn't, if we were going to wait for Delta, Albuquerque to LA, it was going to be the third. We were going to be stuck in Albuquerque for four days. You would have just gotten home. Right. I would have just gotten home yesterday. <laughs> wow. So, and, and that's... So what a nightmare. Finally, we... Um, we get our bags, we leave, or we t- leave the terminal, we're mm-hmm. out of security, get our bags, and we walk out to go to the shuttle to go to the rental car place, because, you know, they're always off s- somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, and right when we did, we looked down, and Ethan said that they had booked us a flight from Albuquerque to Denver tonight, leaving tonight, and getting there at 7 a.m. So it was going to leave in the middle of the night, but it was going to land right when our Denver flight Yeah, took so you'd have oh, missed your next leg. I forgot to tell you this. Oh, I know a, the the flight we were supposed to be on. Uh-huh. David Anderson, who I go to church with, he was on that flight, and um, because he was coming from somewhere else, and he goes, I got rerouted to Denver, so he would have been on the plane. And I was with like us. on Delta, and he's like, Yeah, and he goes, and I said, Did it leave on time? He goes, Hell no, it didn't leave on time. He said it left four hours late. Wait, so, the one from Sacramento? No, the no, the one from De- from Denver. Oh. Okay. To Los Angeles the next day, yes. he was on it, but it left oh, like four or five hours late. So oh it God. too got delayed. So I was right. I was like, who's to say that that flight will go off mm-hmm. with a hitch? And right. it didn't. Nope. So yeah. But we, we ran it. We flew, we drove home. We got home on the 31st, but it was, it was a nightmare. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. So like at the 31st, that's a perfect segue because we get home. I'm exhausted. Mm-hmm. Ethan goes, we go, we both go to bed for two hours. Then I have to get up and edit a podcast um, for my other show. And then I, what did I have to go somewhere for? I had to go somewhere for something. Did you? Food? I don't remember. I don't think so. Maybe I didn't. Anyway, when it was coming time at noon, that's what it was. I had to wake you up at noon so we could get ready for the New Year's party, which was a very intimate affair because everybody got COVID. Um, I got the news that Betty White passed away. And I was like, What? A journey. <laughs> so, and I went and I said, we've got some bad news. And I said, he said, what? And I said, Betty White passed away. And that's what we're going to talk about today a little bit. So, and and that's the thing. Thinking about Betty White passing away, I thought of you first. Because you and I share a love for classic television. Yes. But also classic television actors. Like, yes. we, we sort of meet them and make friends with them at times. I mean, I, I don't think either of us are like intimates with Betty White, but mm-hmm. I mean, we've met, we both met her and a few times yeah. and, um, and like, and others. So I was just like, okay, that that's Joseph. What, you know, so how are you? With I everything? had multiple people say I was their first yeah. thought on their mind when she passed away, which I thought was very sweet. Mm-hmm. I have been a Betty White fan longer than I can remember from like right. early, early, early childhood. And I don't want to date you at all. Why? Let's go out on a date. <laughs> well, that I'll do. But to 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 sort of put you on the on the calendar. Of your well, age, I am you, post you, Mary Tyler Moore show. You, you do not. You never watch Mary Tyler Moore. Live. That show went off the air before I was born. Right. Thank you very much. I just wanted to make sure. Good lord, I how old do you think sure. I am? But <laughs> that being said, that show's been in reruns, thankfully. Right. Since then. Um, I'll say my first in-person encounter with Betty actually happened when I was very young. Um, one of the perks of growing up here in L.A. is you mm-hmm. had to go to TV show tapings. Wait, or, did you go to a taping with her? 
Yes. What did you go but to? But not to a sitcom. Even cooler, I went to a game show taping. That's oh, fun. Wow. I went to the very last episode of Super Password. Oh. Really? You hosted never told by Burt Convy. Yeah, here at NBC Studios in Burbank. Yeah. And there was like an age limit. I think you had to be maybe like 13 or 14 to go. Wow. I was like eight or nine. Yeah. <laughs> but they didn't care. Um, it was so Burt Convy was the host, and the two celebrities were Betty White. And the other one was Christopher Hewitt, who was Mr. Belvedere. Oh, wow. That's a good one. Yeah. And it was, you know, for for game shows, you see multiple episodes kind of taped back to back. So this literally was their final day of taping. It was so much fun. Betty, of course, Mm -hmm. was somewhat emotional because, you know, password is Alan Ludden, you know, her husband. So uh, and this was at the height of Golden Girls fame, too. So Mm -hmm. she was she was huge. Yeah, um, because that was probably early 90s, right? No, this would have been like 88, 89 okay. maybe. Yeah, I was really little. Uh-huh. Um, and I don't know if you remember Super Password, but one of their little bonus rounds, they had this thing called the Magic Toaster where they would flip down and there would be a word and you'd have to give three clues to the contestant mm-hmm. to say the word back and you would get a check and the check was sitting at the top of this thing that did look like a toaster. And if every time you got it wrong the money would accumulate more and more and more. Yeah. And everybody, all the celebrities hated the magic toaster. <laughs> and they'd call it the magic toaster on the show. And at one point, like, um, and we weren't even the last episode, but maybe like two episodes in from the very end, um, Betty got really frustrated because the girl didn't get it. She took the toaster and she threw it like on the stage floor oh my and gosh. it shattered. <laughs> and of course, everybody cheered and laughed. The crew cheered and laughed. Yeah. And then Burt Convy was like, oh, shit. We still have like two more episodes to right. go. So they literally went and like duct taped it together. <laughs> and so, so are there episodes of it taped? Yeah. So like the last find, episode is all taped janky. And then at the end of the show, they raffled it off as a prize for an audience winner. And even like nerdy eight year old me was like, I want the magic right. toaster so bad. And Especially now that Betty White shattered it. Yeah. And she signed it too. Oh, did she? Like, well, yeah. Of course. That's beautiful. That's so wonderful. somebody out there has a Betty White signed magic toaster. Yeah. But, well, that's um, funny. Yeah. I'll have, is the video of her throwing it and destroying it? Oh, yeah. On, yeah. on YouTube. Yeah. I need you to find look it, it up for like, you know, last yeah. episode of Super Password. Because I would love to see that because that's funny. But um, but yeah, she and Alan Ludden, they, they met on a game show, didn't they? They met on Password. Yeah. So Betty was, you know, that's right. it, in the 60s, early 60s, I want to say 62, 63, maybe. Mm-hmm. She was, you know, a guest and Alan was still married at that time to his first wife. Right. Who was dying of cancer. He, he had three kids with his first wife. Mm-hmm. And I think she died that first week that Betty was on. Oh, wow. So they kind of met, but, you know. Probably just a a nice friendship. Yes. It started out with a friendship. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, Betty has told the story many, many times how, you know, then they ended up doing summer stock together that first year. Oh, wow. And he started, you know, she'd say, instead of him saying, you know, hi, how are you? He'd say, will you marry me? (laughs) And she'd be like, stop, stop, you're silly. And she was actually dating somebody else. uh, Do you know who? I can't recall the name. Some nobody that's not Alan Ludden. Well, yes, he's not (laughs) Alan Ludden. But she said the name. It's not like a secret. Yeah. Um, And and the guy kind of got annoyed because he could tell that, you know, there were sparks between the two of them. And Alan eventually ended up buying a wedding ring and he presented it to her and Betty was like, no, I'm not going to do this. Oh, you're serious. (laughs) Yeah. So he took that ring and he wore it on a chain for like a year until she finally was like, yeah, I'll, Mm -hmm. I'll say yes. And she says her only regret in life is that she wasted that mm. year, yeah, not saying yes to him because they could have had well, one I more mean, year of wedded bliss. Hindsight is twenty twenty, and she, you know, 
she married Alan Ludden and that was that was her life. That's that's probably the the core of her life that everything before and everything past it all comes from that moment with yeah. him or that time with him and, and Ethan read an article to me that said that that was her last words was Alan yeah isn't mm-hmm. that beautiful wow mm-hmm. yeah she was she missed him she and you know what's interesting um I, I I go you know I'm just like it's hard to wrap your brain around and I don't think we as humans are supposed to wrap our brain around what uh what happens after you die like it's just it's not supposed to be for us to know mm-hmm. um. And, and, and I know you know this because you know everything Betty White, but I'll tell the story just because she always, <clears throat> I saw this in an interview, I guess around when she was 90, but she's told it to many times to many people. She said that, well, the interviewer asked her, you know, how do you feel about aging? You're, you're entering your nineties. Mm-hmm. Like there's definitely more time behind you than ahead of you. Um, unless you know something we don't and, you know, <clears throat> and they were joking and going back and forth. And she said, do you. Do you, what do you think about, you know, knowing that your life is, you know, coming closer to the end and everything? And she always said, well, my mom always used to say that, you know, when somebody died, well, now they know the secret. We just, we don't know what happens. It's a mm-hmm. secret. And she said, the older I get, the more I find myself wondering about that secret. And, uh, I know that Ryan Reynolds posted that. He said, she now knows the secret. Yeah. And I was, and I didn't, you know, I didn't know. Like, I knew that I'd seen her say it a couple of times in an interview, but I'm like, that must have been her spirituality. When she would talk about her age, you know, everybody knows she's waiting to find out the secret. And and it's interesting because, you know, and that's what I said, too. I was like, she, now she knows. Yeah. And and that's so wonderful. Um, I, I, That makes me happy for her. Like, I'm like, she and, and the fact and that's what I brought this up for was uh, on the night that my dad was dying. His his best friend. He was a Vietnam veteran, and um, his best friend was a, a, a distant cousin of ours and my family, because everybody on the mountain of bug tussles can somehow. <laughs> um, but his name was Gerald Strickland, and um, the and they went to Vietnam together. And Gerald was in combat. Dad mm-hmm. was not in combat. He was in communications. He would run messages to the front line, so he wasn't handling the explosives and the the artillery and everything. But in, in Vietnam, they were spreading agent orange to mm-hmm. kill everything, to take away their hiding spots. Everything would die and they, and all the, and the enemy would be revealed because it quickly killed plant life. Well, and it also quickly killed human life too. Yeah. Um, so being exposed to it left you, you know, riddled with health problems. And mm-hmm. dad did have health problems from it, but Gerald had more health problems cause he actually handled it. And he passed away about 10 or 12 years before dad in his fifties. Um, and the day that he died the, or the day that he was sort of clearly sinking towards the end, mm-hmm. he started talking to Gerald and he would say, and he, I remember he said, Gerald, look at that woman. Look at that woman over there. What's wrong with her? <laughs> and I just thought, and I just thought it was so interesting that I'm like, why is he talking to Gerald today? And Gerald is is on the other side like i do, does the veil get very very thin and you start to slip away and it, that's what it reminded me of that you know the very last thing betty white ever said was alan as if i mean i don't know it's a secret but maybe she saw him maybe you know they're together again i mean i i believe they are i hope so you know i believe that there's something out there and you know i hope they're together you know 
Everybody keep that's the thing. Everybody keeps I was, I was looking at you, Ethan, because um I know again, Joseph knows this. Everybody <laughs> keeps being like, They're having cheesecake together in the heaven. I'm like, She ain't no. having cheesecake with B. Arthur. <laughs> no. She's hanging out with Alan Ludden. Yeah. That's the thing. <laughs> I, they I, might have a poker game later this week right, with the they, girls right. over. They may, yeah, schedule something later. But B. Arthur, among all people, is not the first person mm-hmm. Betty White's going to go check out in heaven. <laughs> if B. Arthur is even there. <laughs> oh, she is. She did She's enough there. good in this world. I don't believe. Well, I don't believe. Yeah, I believe everybody what? goes that way, and that's where they are. And you know. Well, that's the thing. I, my theory is that you get whatever you want when you die. Mm-hmm. So if you want to go somewhere that's a heavenly place and be with Alan and that's your the rest of your eternity, then that's what she got, you know? I'd right. like to be with Betty and, if, and Alan. And if B. I'm Arthur... Just, just put that out there right now. Me too. And that's the thing. If B. Arthur was like, I'm good, then she's good. And, she's and that's the thing. You know? Like I, Everybody knows, that everybody, all the listeners know that... Um, Lucille Ball is my favorite actress. This is like I don't know that I'd really want to hang out with her when I get to heaven. <laughs> She's not like she doesn't. Do you know seem how to play backgammon? Super fr- exactly. I'll learn in my old age. Yeah. Maybe we'll get along. Get prepared. Yeah, but I'm like I like. Same with Hillary Clinton. You're she not going to meet Lucy Ricardo. You're going right. to meet Lucille Ball. You're going to meet right. Lucille Ball, and those are very different people. <laughs> yes. I would love to meet Lucille Ball. I would too. I think but she would like me. <laughs> I think she would definitely like. She would she respect did like the you. She might not. I don't know that she would respect me as much. She's. I don't think I'm as cutthroat as she wants people wants right. her people to be. Like, you know, I'd 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 meet her, but I I wouldn't expect. I'd too like much. just to tell her that. You know what? You really were loved at mm-hmm. the end, yeah. and you're still right. loved because mm-hmm. that broke my heart. Right. That her final, let's say her final year or two or three. Yeah. She really felt America didn't care about she her just anymore. Did not think, well, and that and, that's heartbreaking. And to honest me. to God, America is. I mean, I don't mean this disparaging, but America's dumb <laughs> in the fact that we we'll take whatever you give us. Yeah. And in she went from NBC. She went to NBC rather than CBS, and NBC did not treat. They didn't treat a Lucy project with the respect and the and the investment that it deserved. Because mm-hmm. if they'd have done right by her, that show would have been good. Yeah. Um, but that's really what it was. America didn't forget her. They just didn't have access to her because they don't, they, they, they take whatever the offering is and it was up to NBC to offer more. And, and they, they were didn't. so harsh to her. Yeah. They the, didn't. The public and the critics. Right. They were just like, this suck. I mean that, because that's again, the, the critics, I mean the, the public are just going to be like, give me something good. Yeah. And this sucks. And just and, think this is before social media. Imagine right. how awful it would have been if you know, people could have tweeted at least. She probably wouldn't have had that whole last year. She no. probably just dropped dead right then. <laughs> like, Oh my God. But anyway, so yeah, I'm to, to finish off on that. How do you feel about the fact that she did not make it to her 100th birthday? <sighs> you know, I'm kind of torn, honestly. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've been dreading her passing for at least a decade. Yeah. You know, I've been on kind of the eggshells. And she did great on Hot in Cleveland. Like, but even, like, on the yeah. ni- like when she turned 90, you're like, oh, wait, you're really super old right yeah. now. Like, you're got, you're going to die. But And, you know, you could see point. that she was physically slowing down. But yeah. her yeah. mind and her delivery, everything was mm-hmm. still perfectly sharp. Right. But, I mean, it's almost... Here's what I said. And I, and I wrote this on my social media. I said, live your life in a way that you bring so much joy... Mm-hmm. And love to the world that when you die at the age of ninety nine, yeah, people say, "Oh, it was too soon." Yeah, yeah exactly. Because look at us; we're like mm-hmm. she was three weeks away from a hundred. Right. Too soon. We. I wish we had her for another fifty years. I, 
I actually really love that she died before her 100th birthday because that's all anybody wanted. All that's right. what everybody wanted, but did she want it? Yeah, I don't, I don't think know so. that she cared. No, probably not. And I just love that she's like, I'm gonna do everything on my terms, and and she did. I mean, that's how. That's why because a, a, a fellow that I go to church with, who's sort of one of those, one of those gays of a certain age, who's been in the, in show business proximity his whole adult life. Mm-hmm. He worked a few episodes of Golden Girls. He worked a few episodes of this, that, and the other thing. You know, whatever. And so he's been around. Hollywood and he knew Betty White a little bit because you know she loved her gays mm-hmm. as well as Lucy and all the other starlets of that era mm-hmm. just loved their gays Rue McClanahan mm-hmm. and he t- and he had said something that I, I think is true he said she never really was a star he's like she did not she was not a Lucille Ball breakout look at me everything is centered around me she was always part of an ensemble mm-hmm. and in her old age, she just did work. Mm-hmm. She did the work that was there. And, you know, she was doing Lifetime movies. She was doing funny. I mean, Lake Placid I, is something that I'm like, that's badass. Yeah. yeah. Like her. Did you see her scenes in Lake Placid, mm-hmm. Ethan, where she's just like, if I had a dick, this is where I'd tell you to suck it. Yeah. And I I'm can't like, believe you said it. Even that's one of the best lines ever. Because that's the real Betty right there. That's right, it. Exactly. And it's and and that one where she's like. I did. I buried him. You can fucking dig him up in the front yard if you want to. <laughs> right. Well, and the, and that's the thing. She brought herself to the time. I mean, that was not a big role. If it mm-hmm. weren't Betty White playing that, you would have never even remembered those funny no. lines. She brought such bite to it. And so she never was a star. She just had the tenacity and the, the you know, conti- what is it? The stick to of a somebody who enjoyed the work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and so that's, that's, um, yeah, she, I mean, that, that's an admirable. I would love a career like that where you just keep working, mm-hmm. just doing whatever, doing the Snickers commercial. Yeah. Like she was. Just, oh my god! I mean, that to me is just fearless to do the work for the work for work's sake. Because I think a lot of people would have decided in their eighties when when the Snickers commercial came out, or their seventies when Lake Placid came out, that this is who I am, and I won't do anything outside of it. And she did everything. Mm-hmm. She did. She hosted SNL at ninety. Oh my god, we watched that the other night. So, it was so good. Well, they because they, re, they yeah we watched it on Saturday night hosting a, instead of uh, any episode or a rerun they put Betty White's episode on the di- the night mm. on New Year's Day and it was such a good episode yeah and she's yeah. in every single mm-hmm. skit and she was we, great she, ha- she hated it she she did said she? she did not like it it was just too hard it, it I don't think it's too hard no I think she was just, good at live TV she loved oh, yeah. live I think TV. she was just no, nervous it, yeah. I think the whole I think the hype around it yeah, made sure. her nervous and two. Um, it was she a was lot of so humble. She was like, mm-hmm. people are going to be sick of Betty White at this yeah. point. Because there was that was mm-hmm. like the Betty hysteria again, mm-hmm. where she literally was like everywhere and, and in yeah. everything. And she isn't was that, like, maybe I should you know calm this down. And we were like, no, we want more Betty. Though, yeah. that she, first of all, that she had that awareness to be like, no, the people are going to be sick of Betty White. Yeah. But we have never once been sick of, sick no. of Betty White. Never. Not once. Never. Well, and that's the thing. She did famously say, I'm not like, because so, somebody said, you're on another comeback. And she goes, I've never left. Yeah. Yeah. I've worked every year. She hasn't left year. since 1949. No, she hasn't. She's one, and, and 1949, she's one of the actual first people on television. Yeah. So also, that, we quote, you and I and Kyle, we quote her, her SNL 
She's a lesbian. She's like a once lesbian. a day. <laughs> I say it whenever we're in the grocery store. I'm like, that's like somebody's like, oh, excuse me. I go, she's, she's a, a lesbian. lesbian. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I love that she just kind of was like, I don't need to stick around for y'all. Mm-hmm. Y'all will be okay. Yeah, and we were, we are okay. Yeah. Like, we were just really sad. It, but I, and even the day that she died, I was like, mm. yeah. That hurts a little bit. But then waking up on New Year's Day, I was like, I don't like waking up in a world that doesn't have Betty White in it. Yeah. That's, that was even harder. Like, it's harder to just go on without her because she's always just been there. We were going to go to, well, we did. We, our plan was to go to Disneyland New Year's Eve mm-hmm. in the evening. And I was, I mean, I'll tell your listeners, I was on the couch crying. You mm-hmm. know, Chris came home and I was crying. And yeah. Because it was like I lost, you know, a member of the family because she been around for so long and i felt a bond with mm-hmm. her yeah well and that's and the i was like do i want to go to disneyland do i want to celebrate new year's eve because right. i just feel like i lost i think i'm glad you a did. friend i'm glad you did yeah it was good they're definitely emotional like i started crying during the fireworks you yeah. know it's like but come on don't you do that anyway i mean not anymore <laughs> but you know and that's that's the beauty of betty is that she did movies but she was tv yeah, yeah. and and people ask me why do you love tv and i said because it's just so intimate it is you get to get to i mean even if you're if you love the news like i love rachel maddow like mm-hmm. it's because mm-hmm. she's the one she's my friend who i want to give me the news because anderson cooper can do it too but he's he's a lot more rigid and and Rachel Maddow laughs through the news. Yeah. And, right. But, you know, we, we've gotten to know Betty. And with Betty, there was 30 years, if not more, of game shows, too. Right. And on game shows, she's not acting. She's not Rose. She's not Sue Ann. Right. Well, she's Betty we, White having fun. We get Sue Ann. And, and who's, uh, is it Sue Ellen on um, Mama's Family? What's her name on? Uh, just Ellen. Ellen. Ellen Harper Ellen. Jackson. Um, I didn't watch all of mama's family yet i'm, oh, I'm going I to love i love mama's it family. i do love it but you know i've because you watch it when it comes on and mm-hmm. reruns as a child and then as an adult and especially of this time where you can have anything you want <laughs> we go back and we're like we really study the stories you know uh-huh. i haven't done mama's family yet but anyway with sue ann nivens and ellen and rose and elka elka oh, um elka, elka ostrovsky so from hot in cleveland she and finally then, got to play sophia like she wanted to. yeah exactly well those four characters paired with her game show like we had all of betty yeah and then if you watched her animal specials oh the that was pet it. set so good it. you want you got all of betty yeah, if, if y'all you, haven't gotten those dvds Go out if you love Betty. Go mm-hmm. out and get it. And first of all, the stars she brings on with their own pets are yeah. really fascinating too. I love that. She's the best. So and yeah. then just watching her in interviews, especially back when it was like in the days of the early of the early Golden Girls, mm-hmm. she did some great interviews. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And and you know we marvel at the, especially all the Golden Girls. They were all just so progressive mm-hmm. in their thinking. Not not you know in their political thinking, but just in their worldview of. You know, being older ladies of a of a certain age, but they all were just very progressive thinkers. But I'll miss Betty. I will too. That night, um, you had you know, of course, we're already asleep in the in the bed, and I mm-hmm. came to bed and put on my Golden Girls as per usual. Yeah, and I was just like, there she is. You know, mm-hmm. it was nice. Yeah. yeah. You know, I actually in my office at work, I have a picture, like an actual photograph of Betty White, which would probably sound weird, but what's really cool about it, I have a picture of Betty White. And Walt Disney together in the Whoa, same photo. Wow. I found it when I was doing research in the Disney archives. Mm-hmm. Betty is actually photobombing Walt <laughs> and his wife Lily. It's like the 1956 like Emmy that. Awards, 
and Walton and Lily are at the front and they're kind of the main right. focus. Yeah. And perfectly in between the two of them is Betty behind them, big old dimples, big old that. smile. <laughs> well, and it's never been published. And, yeah. and I asked the archives, I'm like, can I please have a copy of this? And they're like, you can have it. So I have it like framed. That's wonderful. At my desk, and it brings me. Do you joy. have the original? So there's no copy. No, no, no. I mean, now? like I have a print of it. Okay, I was like, they yeah, just yeah, yeah. gave. It. I was like, no. <laughs> you better give that. I mean, back. They, they love me, but not that much. Right. I was like, wow. <laughs> you must have dirt on their family or no, something. No, no. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, that was the, and the last thing I'll say about. Well, anything else you want to say about Betty? I don't think so. I just, I, I, somebody was saying, I said, what's sad to me is she has access to old, like she is a key to the old Hollywood, to the mm-hmm. old television networks, to, uh, to the old way of doing things. She hung out with Lucille Ball and she used to go to parties at Liberace's house yeah. and, and stuff. Cause they're She friends. was his date to like, yeah. you know, award shows she back in the day. Beard. Yeah. She was his studio beard. Yeah. Willingly. Willingly. When he yeah. just couldn't find the right girl yet. Right. Poor um, Lee. And you know, and he worked on Mama's Family with, or she worked on Mama's Family with Carol Burnett. And, well, on the Carol Burnett show first, and on the Carol Burnett f- show, which then became Mama's mm-hmm. Family. And you know, and she had a, you know, Carl Reiner. She worked with him on Hot in Cleveland. Yeah. You know, she these were all these people. All her appearances on the late night shows, Johnny yeah. Carson. She had this access, and so that's going to change the way I, I sort of follow. Dick Van Dyke, Norman Lear, and Carol Burnett, all these that people are still here. That's going to change the way I watch for them. It's like, eat up their stories. Mm-hmm. I, I wish people, I wish, you know, entertainment journalists would understand that and go back to give access to that for a younger generation. Go yeah. back to Carol, ask her some more questions. Yeah. Go back to Norman Lear and be like, I know you've said it a million times, but I got to ask it again. Yeah. Just to, you know, See if there's anything new to the story because you, you people like that who've lived those lives, you could mine that that you know, mine that source for ages and still keep getting more and more information, and it wouldn't be enough. So, and the one thing we didn't really mention because we were so focused on her entertainment just was all the animal advocacy. Yeah, exactly, and all the millions she raised. You know, pretty much the LA Zoo exists in its form today right. because of her hard work. Yeah, because it was in such dire conditions in the fifties and sixties. People, people have a lot of a lot of feelings about zoos, but the zoo in LA and and the zoos in California, especially, they are very focused on preservation, preservation, conservation, and conservation, and and that's that's what people don't realize is the work of zoos is mostly breeding. Yeah to keep these endangered species alive and well on this planet. Mm-hmm. And that's a big important thing. So, I mean, and she's been raising funds in the sixties for like the animals and mm-hmm. actors and all that stuff. So yeah. she flew, I just read today that she like flew animals out of the aquarium during hurricane wow. Katrina, the like sea otters and penguins that were going to wow. die because they'd like had lost power and water. Right. And she literally paid and for see, a private plane to bring them to Monterey, to the Bay Aquarium, mm-hmm. so they could be taken care of until they until got they the aquarium the back. back. Yeah. yeah. That's things. Like, and she did that under that? the like radar, like yeah. not for publicity, not for it. She just, that was her. And who would think of that? And I hope that, I hope that she has found a space or at least an organization. And I'm sure if we dug a little deeper, we'd know what her plans, like, you know, you, you set up your future plans for the work you're doing. I hope yeah. that somebody is sort of working to be that space. I know there's a grassroots movement at the moment for people on Betty's birthday, which is January 17th. Mm-hmm. So it's coming right up for people to make donations to their local 
ASPCA or favorite well, animal and from right, in Betty's name. I think you know what I really wish they would do. What? I wish they'd rename the LA Zoo the Betty White Los mm-hmm. Angeles whatever that's beautiful conservation yeah, that's what i was thinking too but you know just name rename the, the LA betty zoo white ludden zoo yeah i would i would i would love it if that was what it was betty white ludden i'll make some phone calls see what please we can do. do please do because i'd <laughs> love that um i'm pissed the one thing i'm pissed about is they never gave betty white a kennedy center honors that i that i wish they'd have done. i wonder if she turned it down maybe well it, it, the stories i've read they they she's never been approached well, that is a shame. I also um, thought she should have been a Grand Marshal of the Rose Parade, too. Was she never? No. That seems- she hosted the damn Rose Parade for like 20 years. And she never was Grand Marshal. Well, and you know, and, and I don't know. I don't know what the Kennedy Center Honors is thinking because they give to people who changed the trajectory of art. And I'm like, I think she did. Yeah, she, she was made, a television she pioneer. Made it sexy to be old. I'll tell you that right now. And she was one of the first women on television. So. First women on television, first producer Mm -hmm. first Mm -hmm. director yeah first hosting her own talk show like solo woman she was one of the first people to host a talk show yeah so i just i don't know i that to me i feel like was a miss Mm -hmm. i mean she did get the medal of medal of freedom from yes obama president obama those pictures are so lovely i love that especially where he's like doubled over in laughter in the oval Mm -hmm. office you're like that photo brings me such joy yeah i love that well Betty has only nothing but love at this show. Absolutely. Um, and I, I'm happy she's home with, with Alan. Me too. I, I'm really pleased because I'm like, how can you be sad that a woman died at 99? Like, I'm like, Betty White is to life what Elon Musk is to money. I'm like, you won. You yeah. did it. You, you made it as far as any of the rest of us. So rest, rest and, you know, rest in peace and, and be happy for the rest of all eternity with your beloved Alan Ludden. Yeah. I hope I hope to see her one day, at I, the end I when I find out the secret eventually. Yeah, that's it. I can't wait to find. Maybe out that'll the be secret. your last word, Betty. 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 Uh, people will know what that means too. Right. Exactly. <laughs> well, before with the little time we have left, I do want to talk about sort of things that ca- that are here in our in the world of entertainment. Um, mm-hmm. So th- the being the Ricardos came out. It's yes. written. It was sanctioned by Lucy Lucy Arnaz. Yes, and written and di- directed too, right mm-hmm. by Al- by Aaron Sink- Sorkin. By Aaron Sorkin, and um, I haven't seen it yet because I, it came out while I was in Alabama, and me and Ethan were going to watch it together. And then Flo, I'd started Flo because he's French and he had never mm-hmm. seen Lucy. So then he's like, "We have to watch the show together and the movie together." So we haven't had the chance to yet, but you've seen it. I have. What did you think? I loved it. Really? And let me tell you, I went in very nervous mm-hmm. because, as you know very well, I am a hardcore Lucy fan. Yeah. I know way too much about <clears throat> I Love Lucy, Lucio Ball, Desi Arnaz, mm-hmm. and I was worried. But um, once Lucy, i.e., came out and said, this is good, mm-hmm. trust us. I was worried about Nicole Kidman. Right. Um, but I, I just, I never was, like, they said Nicole Kidman, and I never was worried. I was just like, that wouldn't have been my choice. Well, because you know? I just couldn't see it. Yeah. And I mean, and I love Nicole Kidman because she is kind of a chameleon in her mm-hmm. different films. But, you know, the last couple of years, she's always kind of played this rich kind of high society wife that's a little too Botoxed and pulled yeah. and whatever. So I'm like, so how are you going to do it? But she embodied yeah. Lucille Ball. And she was also able to turn on Lucy Ricardo, which is also amazing to see her mm-hmm. go between the oh, two. That's interesting. Yeah. 
That's and so and cool. she got Lucy's voice right. And it's not a caricature. This isn't no. this isn't them doing like a sketch. I mean, again, you and I, I know talked about this right. off the air, but you know, Deborah Messing did such a great oh, Deborah Lucy Messing impression. Deborah Messing. I mean, I I mean, she embodied Lucy Lucy Ricardo. Lucy Ricardo. And and everybody was like Deborah Messing. Deborah. I was like, no, no, no. Deborah no. Messing can do. Lu- I mean, it was eerie how good she mm-hmm. did at the Vitamita Vegemin sketch. But I don't know. But but this is a dramatic film that's mm-hmm. telling a very interesting story. It's not their life story from you know right. start to finish because you couldn't do that in two hours. Well, and that that just proves to me that Deborah Messing has a very 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 similar mindset of getting into character mm-hmm. as Lucy. And I'm like, she really is the modern day Lucille Ball in the fact that she can embody those characters so deeply, but who, where they started from is very, I mean, it's just different. Yeah. It's just very different, which I mean, I'm not saying that Nicole Kidman's life is the same as Lucille Ball's, but, but like Deborah Messing is a very Jewish character, a very Jewish actor she's i mean that and that is not something like it's just i don't know what i'm trying to say but like it's just different when you when you take off the the, the lucy Ricardo, the lucy drag when you take off the lucy drag she's not lucille ball no she's nowhere near lucille ball no um and that's not a bad thing no so also i will say that kate blanchett was the first person to be tied to this project how did you did do you think Looking back, do you think they made the right call? Or, I don't yes. know, Kate Blanchett was the one who walked away from it. It wasn't, they I didn't li- say no to her. I like Kate Blanchett very much. She plays dramatic mm-hmm. amazingly. I don't think she could have captured Lucille mm-hmm. Ball. Because Nicole Kidman becomes Lucille Ball. I think what I was most... Which is crazy. Yeah. Javier Bardem, not so much as Desi, yeah. but it's still okay. Well, I I had said, I told Ethan this when I when they were doing it, because, you know, a lot of people were just like ready to spit nails over Nicole Kidman. Yeah. And I said, listen, their life happened already. Yeah. This is one filmmaker's telling of their life. Mm-hmm. And if it sucks, life will go on. Mm-hmm. It can just be a bad movie. It doesn't have to be canon for you know yes. lucy and desi they're both dead yeah their life is over the story's complete and if aaron sorkin didn't do a good job or nicole kinman didn't do a good job telling it then it's just a bad job and i said so that has to be it but i told ethan i said i think it's very 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 important to look like lucy sound like lucy mm-hmm. act like lucy be lucy with desi arnaz i think it's more important to just get the essence yeah which he did you know, but there's just times where you're like, mm, you know, that's not. Well, he didn't match the level of Desi mm-hmm. that Nicole matched the level yeah. of Lucy. You know, I, you know, who I think could have really played Desi Arnaz. Who? Um, and and I, this is without seeing the movie, but I I sort of was fixated on y'all are pulling some strings with the age differences mm-hmm. here and there. Desi was six years younger than Lucy mm-hmm. in real life. I think. Um, Juan Pablo de Pase could have played Desi Arnaz. Oh, interesting. You know him? Yeah. Because he can sing. Yeah. He's Spanish. Yeah. And he's younger than Nicole Kidman, but he's in his early 40s. Right. So I'm like, well, that could have worked. You but, know, but I, you I, know. I think you're going to love it. I think mm-hmm. you're going to enjoy it. I'm so excited to see it. Again, it's not a documentary, so they yeah. obviously had to tweak some Artistic things license. just well, for the... you confirmed something that I was nervous about. Yes. That... Because I just read Desi Arnaz's book, which you read so it as good. well. Um, you have to finish it. 
Because I'm on pins and needles. <laughs> it's very good and like so honest um, and so well written. Because it's not. Yeah. It's Desi speaking to you. Well, and it's Desi after he had walked away from Hollywood. Yeah. He just he was like, I don't need it anymore. Yep. I'm exhausted because Desi realized deep down he can't be part of Hollywood without trying to conquer Hollywood. Mm-hmm. He just can't do it. It's not in him. And he knew how to conquer Hollywood. And boy, and did he, he get to the he top. He did it. But it it beat him to death trying to do it. And mm-hmm. so he had to walk away. So this book that he wrote was written at a time when he's looking back and he's like, I can say whatever I want to say because there's no repercussions. Nope. And it was just so honest. And um, they took a lot of the stuff from his book, yes, which absolutely. is interesting because the book was kind of forgotten. Nobody really wanted it. Nobody really. I mean, I bought it. I paid one hundred and ninety dollars for it on uh, it's eBay. So hard to find. And people were like one hundred and ninety dollars. And I said, if you love Hollywood history mm-hmm. and you love Lucy and Desi, you'd have paid double what I paid for it. Yeah, and it would have been worth every penny. Yeah. So I love it, but um. I can't wait to watch it. We'll yeah. ca- I'll bring you back and we'll talk about it Please in do. depth. So I'm gonna when I don't get with, hung up on little things like oh, oh that's what I was gonna this say. This is the wrong apartment, you know, I for that, that episode yeah. or whatever. It doesn't matter that's to the was, overall. That's what I was hung up on. I was like ah, that's gonna bug me. But once you Mm-mm. say that it's like it's an exploration of Lucy and Desi, an exploration of the relationships, yes, on set, yes, and it 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 cut, touches a lot, but they don't intertwine to make a canonized uh, story of what really happened simultaneously. No. it's not these four. But stories. they are telling a true story, mm-hmm. but of course they just you know had to be artistic yeah. about mm-hmm. certain well, things. Well, and, and and I'm writing a project right now of a, a script about my life mm-hmm. and I'm finding that it's very interesting to try to remember the truth but make it work in a TV show and I'm like oh I'm moving stuff around yeah but it's true sometimes so it just works better it's interesting and you know what for a movie the second apartment with the window and the piano that's, that's just more visually it's appealing so more than the beautiful. first apartment where it's just a brick wall with a painting yeah. hung on it well and that's the thing and I'm really only like 50 of us are going to be like, oh, that's the wrong, you know. Right, exactly. Well, and reading the reading Desi's book and then going back and because I've been watching some episodes with Flo because he's going through it. Like literally they were just experimenting. The The first set was just like they didn't know. They didn't know you needed a richer set and a deeper mm-hmm. set. And, you know, it, it's just interesting. Because in the very first episodes, out the windows of the apartment was just a blank wall. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that's not New York City. <laughs> so, so, but anyway, I can't wait to watch it. Um, we did, did mention a little bit of we're we're all watching. The three of us are watching Sex in the City's um, follow up series, the new chapter, and just like that. Mm-hmm. So, tell us. Who wants to? Anybody go take give your thoughts on that. I mean, to me, it seems like something that you said earlier was a uh, just an organic continuation of the original story. Yes. Um, I'm pretty sure that we all just pretend that the second movie isn't real and didn't happen. <laughs> what second movie? I mean, I, I, it just had no consequence. So you right. don't have to pretend that it's not real. It's just it's like it just wasn't... everybody knows. Everybody has that episode of their favorite TV show that's about nothing. Yeah. Every TV show has at least one episode in the whole series where they're like, this episode meant nothing to the yeah. to the overarching story of the, the show. The only thing you get from the second movie is that Stanford and and 
Mario, Mario, yeah. Mario Pintone, <laughs> Anthony Marantino. Anthony. Yes. yes. Anthony and, and uh, Stanford get married in the very yeah. beginning, and they have Liza Minnelli at their right. wedding. But that's, that's the, the best only, part. That's literally the only thing that drove, drove the story yeah. forward mm-hmm. at all. They just went on a vacation. Yeah. That's yep. what I was going to say. Carrie like, saw Aiden in a marketplace somewhere and kissed him once. Yeah. And then went back and home to like, her mm-hmm. husband. So yeah. it's like. You know, but that's what I was going to say. Like every TV show has their episode that's about nothing. This was an entire movie about nothing. So, and I will say but, this before we go on mm-hmm. for the listeners: if you don't want any spoilers and you've been able oh, to yeah. avoid it, you can turn off this episode now because we're about to wrap it up. But I'm about to spoil something, but it's not much of a spoiler because it's it happens in the first episode, and Instagram would not let you not know. Yep, <laughs> I knew it before I watched the episode because I did not watch it the night of. Same big dies. Yep. We're and now we're exploring that. Sorry, yes. I forgot to say turn it off. Uh, Spoiler alert. But um but yeah, Big dies in the first episode, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. First yeah. Episode. yeah. So, I mean, what do you think about that? Well, I think that it uh just serendipity sh- was shining upon them mm-hmm. because he was gone from the show from the from the story of the show. Mm-hmm. Uh before, you know, the problematic news came out about him. Oh my God. I've never seen any Hollywood actor's life just fall apart so quickly. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, but I, in the terms of the show, I liked that that was kind of like the, uh, inciting incident mm-hmm. that sort of kickstarted the whole Carrie's whole journey. Cause she is the main character of the show. And mm-hmm. that's sort of what sets her on her new journey in life. Yeah. Um, there was a scene, I think it's in the first episode too, where they're at a restaurant, uh, just talking like they used to, you know, in, mm-hmm. in the in the original series. And I said, it's literally the same. They're just more adults. Yeah. You know, it's a little bit more pulled back. They're talking about more adult stuff, but they're still like pinging back and forth across the table, mm-hmm. just yeah. like in the old days. You yeah. Know? Minus, it, minus one person. Yeah, exactly. So there you are. What about you? Uh, Well, like you said, it feels very, feels like a, a very organic mm-hmm. continuation. It, it's, it doesn't feel unnecessary. Sometimes when these shows come back, you're like, why did they do this? Yeah. Like, it's not helping the legacy. It's not moving the story mm-hmm. forward. Like, did these people all just need paychecks? That's not what this feels like right. at all. Um, and it still has the essence of the original show. Like, you know, that they're, they're talking about um, modern topics. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But with their own kind of sassy humor put onto it. So it doesn't mm-hmm. come across as super preachy. Right. Um and it's it's just been very enjoyable so far. Yeah, I I, I would like because it's not over yet. I think it's going to have ten episodes, mm-hmm. and um, so I'd like to bring you back and talk about being the Ricardos in depth. Okay. It can be one that we can you can skip if you haven't watched it yet. But we're going to go in depth. And it's talk, on Amazon Prime. People and talk Watch about it. it, and then I want to talk about the whole series because I was just like thinking I really want to break this down more, and we're running out of time. But um, I I love that Carrie is a widow now. Yeah. And yeah. And I and that's the thing because Ethan he kind of makes fun of me because I still watch Grey's Anatomy because they do, <laughs> like they do put Carrie into these ridiculous situations at times, um, but I think that's the point of a show sometimes is it's not reality right, and no. you want to see like you want Dr. Meredith Grey she started as a a resident and in you know an intern and you see her come all the way up to this world renowned doctor and it's like you want to see how this character will react in that situation and I love. That, yeah, Carrie worked so hard to find her love, and now we get to see this character, how she would react as being a widow. Yeah. And I, I'm like, that's perfect. I think it, I, when you think about it, I'm like, he should have died. 
Yeah. Because she she's been cheated on by him and this and that and he and you know she's been the other woman with him mm-hmm. over Natasha who we see and I loved it. Um, but she always good... get, Natasha never gets a good light. She falls down the stairs, breaks her teeth, and she's like <laughs> on the toilet, <laughs> wiping her cooch from a nice pee at a coffee shop. Spoiler alert. <laughs> I won't tell you the context of why you see her. You're gonna have to watch that. Yes. But um, yeah, I I love it. I love and the other it. ladies. Their stories are good too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I love where it's going. I love what's happening with Miranda. I'm really interested in seeing mm-hmm. where that's gonna go. I can't. I love it too. I, I I'm really interested. Um, and Charlotte's, you know, interesting family situation. Well, and I love that Charlotte is like. I mean, it's just perfect that this little perfect Park Avenue world she's mm-hmm. creating, it's not sustainable anymore. Mm-mm. It's just not doable in a modern world. But I'm glad she still has a happy marriage. Like, oh, I do They're, they're, I they're love not that messing too. with like those, like, you know, yeah. they could be really mean and just like. Well, I loved that scene where he was peeing and she's like, I'm on the phone. He's like, yeah. I have domain. This is the bathroom. <laughs> so That's real life. That's mm-hmm. real life. So. I love that. As over the top and, you know, comical and costumey uh-huh. they are, it's still real life. Well, and, and you want that. I mean, you never want, everybody's like Sex in the City. I'm like, you don't watch Sex in the City or the movies or, and just like that to have deeply gritty, real, Mm-mm. real life. You watch it for the character development, the conversations, the, the art of it all. Mm-hmm. So, and this kind of, you know, pseudo fantasy version yes. of yeah. New York City. I mean, it's still a fantasy version of New York City. I mean, because yeah. I fell in love with New York watching Sex in the City in high school. Yeah. As you know, whatever. I don't know if that was appropriate for me to watch, but I did. Probably not. Um, But then I moved there and I was like, oh, well, that's not this. But if you had $50 million, maybe. If you had $50 million oh, to totally. live there yeah. tw- two decades earlier, uh-huh. you would be great. <laughs> um, But yeah, so that's all for. For this week, that's the welcome to 2022. Here we go again. Here we go. I I really think this year is going to be different. I, I almost said it, and I was like, I I'm going to be optimistic. I don't have yeah. the courage to say it out loud, but I, I am like optimistic. That. Let's be optimistic. Yes. I am. I mean, I think we're we have reason to be optimistic as well. But I mean, knock on wood, we're all healthy. Yeah, yep. our, our loved ones are healthy. Yeah, mm-hmm. we have yep. our friendships. We do. So we have good things to look forward to this year. Yeah, I think so. Um. So that being said, everybody, you know, things are heating up a little bit. So put your mask back on. Yes. Kind of stay home a little bit whenever you can. It's not a mandate, but, you know. No get vaccinated to, if you're no not. To yeah, risk get, your get, get boosted get if you are vaccinated. Mm-hmm, I got boosted and I feel great. Yeah, I feel fine. I flew the next day after my booster. Everybody's like, I'm afraid I'm going to feel bad. I got the Moderna booster and then I flew the next day. Okay. You're a warrior. I got the Moderna on a Friday so I could have two days just Did to you need take it easy. Did you need yeah. Did you really? I yeah. was tired. The was first two tired. shots did nothing to me. The booster. Uh, we'll see. I, I was a little tired. The second shot, I was like, I had the Flu-y. chills and the flu and everything me from too. the second shot. Yeah, no, I just had For a 24 hours. Arm. But then the third one, I, yeah. I was a little tired. And I think if I, I had to wake up early and fly, if I could have slept in, I'd have been fine. Yeah. But waking up early and going on an airplane, I was like, I'm extremely tired. So it's fine. It's yeah. fine. I, I think you we should all just get the booster and move Trust on with life. science, people. You're Love also it. something like, I think it's 33% more likely to get the Omicron variant if you're not boosted. So mm-hmm. get your booster. Yeah. Wear, wear your disposable masks because apparently they well, don't want us to wear the cloth masks anymore. Oh, yeah. They don't want to wear them at cloths. I mean, cloths are dirty. I hate it. I know. Anyway. I didn't like it. So <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it was. it felt like wearing underwear on my face. I literally was. Mine was Hanes. Huh? 
You had a Heinz mask. Uh-huh. Well, there you go. But I, I do what can't wait for the day we could just walk into the grocery store without a mask on and it's we did be weird. it. For, we did it last summer. You remember? Yeah, I felt uncomfortable. I, I still, I still kept my mask on. I was, was going to say it's going to feel weird at first. It was very weird. Or you know, sitting in the tiki room without a mask on mm-hmm. would be nice yeah. too, so I can sing and be obnoxious. Oh, that's great. I want to go to the tiki room with you. Well, let's go. Let's do it. We can it. get reservations. Let's go. I love it. Okay, guys, <laughs> watch Sex in the City's new chapter, and just like that, watch. Uh, being the Ricardos, being the Ricardos, because Prime, because after I watch it, I've got several episodes in the can. But after I need a new episode to record, I'm gonna bring Joseph back. We're gonna discuss and dissect all the information, but also turn on Hulu because Betty White is all over mm-hmm. that. Yes. You can do Mary Tyler Moore, you can do The Golden Girls, or go to TV or TV Land and watch. Her play Elka Ostrovsky. And if you have Buzzer on your TV, her old game shows are on all the time. Really? Be it Match Game, Password, Super Password, um, What's My Line, you know, going all the way back I to the it. 50s. So. Yeah. Well, there you go. You've got entertainment for 2022. Oh, and Mama's Family, too. Oh, I love Mama's Family. Ethan's got to watch Mama's Family. He hasn't watched much of it. So I'm going to bring him in it's on so that. Good. All right, guys, this has been the first episode of 2022. I hope everybody has a great week, and I'll see you next week.